Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Let's uh, bring in Ben Jones, statecollege.com. Sir, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. Okay. So uh, your thoughts on Penn State's run that gets them into the NCAA tournament? I mean, it's been, I was thinking yesterday that it, it, it felt like a long four days, but really sort of the quintessential example of what March is all about. You get into a conference tournament, and obviously Penn State got into the Big Ten tournament feeling decent about its NCAA tournament chances, then goes on the run that it did. Um, you know, I don't think you can have more fun as a fan of college basketball than watching a few days like that. Um, you know, I think it's a testament to this team, a testament to the coaching staff, um, and a testament to really their belief in themselves that they could go and do it. And I think we've known all year that when this team clicks, it can uh, beat just about anybody. And certainly the past couple of days it clicked and it just about <laughs> beat just anybody. So, you know, I, I think it was a lot of fun. And if I'm a Penn State basketball fan, am I disappointed about yesterday's result? I, I think, you know, obviously you have to be. But at the same time, you know, it, it's hard to, to say anything other than good things about how the last couple of days have gone. Uh, your thoughts on Seth Lundy and what he was able to do uh, in this tournament? I think he's outstanding. I mean, I've said, you know, obviously the last couple of weeks have been, I'd say, a little weird for Seth just in terms of how he's not shot it at home as well as he has, uh, you know, at other times during his career and during the, the year. But I, for my money, Seth Lundy has been night in and night out outside of those couple occasions. Penn State's best player not named Jalen Pickett and would be a guy that would be getting a lot more recognition if it wasn't for Jalen Pickett. I, I think that, that Seth has been outstanding. Obviously, he's always been good on the defensive end. Um, you know, the number of tough shots that he's made, a number of timely shots that he's made, um, you know, I, I think that's exactly what you need going into March. It's exactly what you need um, going into the tournament. So, you know, to me, you can't say enough good things about Seth. He felt a little bad that he wasn't be able to be out there for that last shot attempt because you think that he might be the guy that you go to in that moment um but yeah i mean seth i've always been a big fan of seth Lundy's game and certainly um he's lived up to the the hype and expectations and the the stability and consistency that i think everybody knew he could have yeah what a big difference he's made and yeah not having him out there you know even if he's not the guy taking that shot just his mere presence might have opened the door for somebody else to take the shot uh but again, Zach Eady at seven four, almost seven five, deflected the inbounds. That was the problem. So that was a big problem, as a matter of fact. Uh, okay, so now we get to a team that just went to their to their credit. Been four games, four days, and I'll tell you, I sat there courtside. I didn't see the issue. I thought they looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought eventually we were going to see that. I mean, honestly, I thought that we were going to see it on Saturday at least, that at some point here that they were going to run out of steam. And, you know, we talked to Michael Shrewsbury a little bit ago, and I think one of the things that's really true is, you know, you talk to anybody in any sport that goes through the college ranks, and by the time they become juniors or seniors or super seniors, they talk about how they take care of their body and how that's something that they've learned over the years that's really made a difference. And I think one of the things that helps – um, when you have a veteran team, especially in a in a condensed situation like this, is they know how to take care of their bodies. Now, end of the day, 
you're going to be tired <laughs> through sure. four games in four days, maybe, you know, even earlier than that. But I, I do think you're right that, you know, especially with how physical the Purdue game was, how physical um, that was, and how much, you know, you kind of have to expend um, in a comeback effort like that. I, I think that it's a testament to that strength staff and a testament to those players for taking care of themselves that they can look as, as fresh, so to speak, as they did that far into that tournament. Yeah, so let's let's get into something else too. It does deal with how Micah practices too, uh, which, to be honest, and that's something I'd be more familiar with than anybody for obvious reasons. But Ben, there's a lot of load management built into practices, and you can really see it because when I talked to Greg Miskinis out in Chicago, and this was after Illinois, actually, it was after the Northwestern game. And he says, Steve, I don't think I see any issues with these guys. I mean, and you could do load management in practice, and I think that's Micah's experience coming into play here. Yeah, and he talked about that again today as well, really just like the next couple days. It's more about watching film. It's more about doing walkthroughs. You don't have to be as physical, and I think that's another advantage of having a veteran team. You know, we've even seen that. Um, you know, on the football side of things, as the season gets deeper and deeper, that James Franklin's like, look, I don't need to send, you know, for example, Jason Cabinda through another set of reps of something that right. he's done a million times over and over again that we can rest these guys, or, or Micah might be a more, you know, apt, uh, or Micah Parsons rather now that there's more than one Micah to deal with. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know you don't good. have to send Micah Parsons like through that. these reps again. You don't have to send Jalen Pickett through these reps again. You're walking you're walking through things, you're watching film, and you know that they're absorbing it because that's the big thing. I've always wondered, you know, as someone on the outside, how do you ever know that these guys are paying attention during the film session? And one of the things is, uh, you know, you know they're veteran players and you know they know what it takes to win. Um, and certainly Penn State being a veteran team really gives them the advantage in, in a certain sense of saying, look, we don't have to be super physical in practice or really run hard in practice because we know that these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, that that's a big part of it, yeah, no question. Jalen Pickett is a second-team All-American. Came up big in the Indiana game with 28 points. He, we all know he plays different than everyone else. Just your thought on how he plays and how he goes about his business and what it has meant to Penn State. I mean, it's it's huge. I thought in a, in a funny way, I was thinking about this yesterday watching Purdue, that that Purdue and, and Penn State, in a lot of regards, play the same way. It just happens, you know, that that Purdue has a giraffe um, in the middle of the in the middle of the court. And I think that Jalen, the thing that makes him so good is not only is he an efficient shooter, he's an efficient scorer, but he can see the court really well from a place on the court that's not always easy to see. And I think his ability to make the smart decisions. You talk about guys that make their teammates better. Um, I think Jalen being able to find the open guy, um, you know, is really one of those things that makes those shooters better because they're in space, they have the opportunity, and he doesn't panic when he's got two guys doubling him or when he's up against somebody who's maybe a little bit bigger than him. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think Jalen Pickett has played himself into an opportunity at the next level. Um, It will be interesting to see how it translates because it's just such a unique way of playing the game. Um, but it's so efficient, and if you're efficient, if you can make passes, if you can make smart decisions, you can play a lot of basketball, and, and certainly Jalen Pickett, um, you know, even in games when he hasn't necessarily been the scoring force, has found ways to impact games, and that's really the sign of a great player. 
Yeah, it makes it. It really does make an incredible difference uh, because it, the guy that I think that if you're gonna, I'm gonna pick out that he reminds me of is uh, Jalen Brunson of the uh, Knicks in terms of style of game. Yeah, no, Brunson's a good example, and that's another. You know, I suppose technically Villanova, Pennsylvania sort of byproduct guy, and and I think. You know, and again, you know, we've seen guys come through the program that haven't always played conventionally, guys that have found ways to, to be efficient. Tim Frazier, um, you know, obviously a very different mm-hmm. kind of player, but another guy mm-hmm. that you know, figured out how to make a name for himself carrying the load. Um, you know, I'm certainly rooting for Jalen to figure it out at the next level because I think, um, you know, obviously he's a great person, great personality, and a fun mm-hmm. game to watch. And if you're efficient, uh, you know, Lord knows in this day and age, I've seen plenty of basketball players who aren't efficient, so... Um, I'm more than happy to watch one that's going to get, you know, 18 of his 23 shots to go into the hoop. <laughs> of course. Uh, I only have a statistical read on them. I did not watch much of them during the season. You know, five minutes here, five minutes there. Do you have any read yet on Texas A&M? Um, I mean, my understanding is they get to the foul line a lot. They're uh, physical. They drive to the hoop, but they don't shoot it as well from the outside. I, I think that you know, really the first thing I looked at when I went to kind of do the preliminary uh, read-over of Texas A&M is like, well, none of their guys are 7-4, so Penn State's got that working for them <laughs> right out of the gate. You are um, on a roll today. I mean, you're on a roll. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you go I, – I think that obviously there are very, very good teams in this bracket. There's no easy out in the NCAA tournament, but I will put Penn State up with most anyone in a game where the size is not going to be a big difference. I think Penn State has done a much better job defensively, especially on the interior. They're doing a better job at times on the on the perimeter. Um, and I think if Penn State makes its shots and can avoid foul trouble, um, you know, they're going to be in a lot of favorable matchups. Obviously, you know, if they win and Texas wins, then you're just up against a, a different very good team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this matchup, obviously Texas A&M had a good season plays a lot of good basketball, but I think if you say, look, their best players are about the same size as Penn State's best players. Um, they they have weaknesses on the perimeter. They don't necessarily shoot it well if you can keep them from the basket. I think that's a circumstance that plays well to Penn State's strengths. Um, you know, so I, I think it's it's obviously challenging. There's nothing about a 7-10 that's ever easy. There's nothing about the tournament that's ever easy. No. Uh, but I think if you're it, Penn State, you go, look, it's not Zach Eady, so that's great. You're playing for the national championship. That's what you're doing. You know, I don't want to hear any far-fetched along with it. You're playing for the national championship. Okay, there's 300 teams right now that aren't. You're going to play somebody really good. That's why you're in it. And you know, and you could say the same. Texas A&M has to play somebody really good too. So it makes it really interesting. It makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it makes it. It makes it a lot of fun. I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to to making the trip to see it in person. I've never been to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I, you know, you don't root for anything to happen, but I certainly wouldn't complain um, if they made a run and if we all had to, where is the Sweet 16? If we're, Steve, you and I are going to end up in Vegas or something like that. Uh, Kansas City. And, and, uh, all right, Kansas, Kansas City is not quite Las Vegas, but um, <laughs> nevertheless. <laughs> but Ben, <laughs> I'm glad. But, from the Super Bowl. But Ben, but Ben, to be honest with you, I'm so glad you're going. I really, I, um, I saw a couple of other people out there that went to Chicago. I'm just really glad you're going. Um, it's something you need to experience. 
Um, it's like I said, I think it's great for the reporters. They had a chance to experience a Rose Bowl, to see it like that, had an experience to go to a Cotton Bowl and so forth. But to now experience an NCAA tournament, it'll give you a whole different feel about college basketball. And I'll, I'll and something that will be in, interesting for you will be the press conference day on Wednesday if you're there for that, which I'm sure you will be. Uh, which is which is Wednesday. You're going to get a chance to see all the coaches and players in press conference situations, including Bill Self. And I'll give you one that goes back to Syracuse in 1991, which is probably a good chance. No, you were born then, right? Yes, I was, just barely. Okay. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I was sitting there, and, and it turned out in that bracket – North Carolina was there, and Dean Smith, the head coach of North Carolina at the time. And he got up and he started talking about how he looks at the tournament. And, of course, when he spoke, it was like listening to Joe. You looked up and said, okay, I'm going to listen to this. He said, the enormity of winning six games is a lot for anybody to think about. So we try to break it down into winning two games two games, two games. He said, we need to win the Carrier Dome Tournament. We need to win the Meadowlands Tournament. Then we need to win the Superdome Tournament. And stuff like that, you pick up little nuggets like that then then give you a perspective on how, how the whole thing works. And that's why I think it's one of the neat things about it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to going. And I think anyone, you know, obviously you remain a neutral observer and, and do your best to do your job. But I think you know, at this point, I've been covering Penn State basketball since the last time they made the tournament, and I think we've both seen a, their fair share of ups and downs and wins and losses and a lot of things in the middle that, uh, you know, seeing this program make it the whole way back to March is, is something that has been rewarding, and, you know, whatever happens, happens, and I give them a shot against anybody um, that they see. Ben, I'm thrilled you're going to be out there. Thanks so much for your time today. I always appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me, Steve. See you soon.